What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about the abysmal Buffalo Sabres and who is to blame. Is it the GM? Is it the coach? Is it both? Find out. Also, I'm going to give you my thoughts after having had a week to mull it over about Nate Oates leaving and potential candidates to take his job. This is going to be a good episode. You're not going to want to miss it. Stick around. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to remind everybody that if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, tell your family. I work extremely hard on these podcasts, so I would love to get as many listeners as possible. You can let them know that they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, Anchor. You can also follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. Now, if you're ready, let's jump into this episode. All right, we're going to start off with some top news from around sports. Our first story comes out of Kentucky. John Calipari offered a lifetime contract by the University of Kentucky after UCLA tried to lure him away with a six-year, $48 million contract. This doesn't really come as a surprise that Calipari will not be leaving Kentucky as he is the highest paid coach in college basketball as we speak. Another sad news story that, uh, to kick off the podcast is the AAF has suspended all football operations. New owner Tom Dundon made the decision against the wishes of league co-founders Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian. Tom Dundon will lose approximately $70 million in this whole ordeal. In the NFL, Russell Wilson has reportedly given the Seahawks an April 15th deadline to complete contract negotiations. Wilson is set to enter his final season of his four-year $87.6 million contract he signed in 2015, which ranks him 12th in annual value among starting quarterbacks. Now, for a little bit of some local news, according to the ESPN's new power rankings, after all of the free agent signings, ESPN still has the Buffalo Bills ranked number 24 in the league. That's going to do it for our top stories around sports today. Stick around as we're going to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Sabres and try to figure out who is more at fault for the collapse of the Buffalo Sabres and the season that they're having. We're also going to discuss a little bit about the UB Bulls and their head coaching vacancy. So stick around because we have a great show planned for you today. All right, in our first segment, we're going to talk about the abysmal Buffalo Sabres. Still abysmal. The last four games, they're 0-3-1. They have seven goals for and 17 goals against. The Sabres have lost to Detroit, the Islanders, the Blue Jackets, and the Predators. They lost 5-4 to Detroit, 5-1 to the Islanders, 4-0 to the Blue Jackets, and 3-2 to the Predators. Now, I can say that against Detroit and against Nashville, they did play very solid games. They looked like a team that actually wanted to compete and not a team that wanted their coach to be fired. You can't necessarily say that in the other two games, in the 5-1 loss and the 4 to nothing loss. 
the Sabres looked like they didn't even want to be on the ice. They definitely looked like they wanted their head coach to not be behind that bench any longer, despite what they all keep saying. Everyone keeps saying that Phil Housley is not the problem. The players are saying it, the GM is saying it, and the owners are saying it. Jason Botterill has given no indication that Phil Housley's job is on the line at this point. But as a Sabres fan, and having the Sabres finished in 31st, and right now currently sitting in 28th place, I don't know if the fans will take Phil Housley behind the bench for another year. Speaking of who's to blame, who is to blame? Is it Phil Housley, or is he just going to take the brunt of everything that's going to happen to him? Or maybe it's Jason Botterill, who would definitely put this roster together and gave Phil Housley not a whole lot to work with. Honestly, I think both of these guys are at fault when it comes to the monumental collapse of the Buffalo Sabres. We're going to start out with Housley. In my opinion, Housley has a lack of passion. He shows it behind the bench. He's never, never seems like he's fiery after games. Never seems like he's fiery. Doesn't seem like he can really motivate his guys and get, get his guys to kind of run through a wall for him. He's supposed to be this defensive guru. But his defense, they always look lost, like they have no idea what's going on. And the same thing can be said for the forwards. The forwards have no idea what's going on inside of their own end. And I think a lot of that has to do with Phil Housley. Their power play from a offensive guy should be a lot better than what it is. The Sabres definitely have a, a fair amount of skill, at least on their first power play. And their power play sits at just 18.34%. That's not going to win you any games, especially if your captain, like last night, is out there drawing penalties. And also, Phil Housley just doesn't seem like he has any answers. Phil Housley often seems lost. The fact that Housley is putting Jeff Skinner on the, the de facto third line should tell you that he doesn't really have a clue as to how to right the ship how to bring his team back around to scoring goals, playing good defense, and helping out their goaltender. Now, Jason Botterill, on the other hand, he's the one who put this roster together. Botterill has had two years to try to get this roster up to snub with the rest of the teams in the NHL, and it seems like everyone is passing them by, with the exceptions of Ottawa and Detroit and a few other teams. Jason Botterill did trade away Ryan O'Reilly, But I wasn't really surprised. I was half surprised, but I wasn't really surprised. Ryan O'Reilly last year had exclaimed that he didn't really want to be here, that he had lost his love of hockey. Another thing that I think Jason Botterill did that was a detriment to the team is he brought Casey Middlestat along too quickly. After the Ryan O'Reilly trade, Middlestat was immediately put into that number two center role a role that I really, really did not think that he was ready for. And I was proven right. Casey Middlestat by no means tore up the NCAA, uh, not tournament, tore up the NCAA as a freshman. Had a solid year, but I wouldn't say he played well enough to not warrant at least being in the AHL. Another thing Jason Botterill did is he didn't call up any of the guys in Rochester that we're playing good. 
when the Sabres were still in it, they were still in the hunt, they were still in the fight, or what? when they were even still in the playoff spot. They rolled with the same lineup that kept losing continuously. And maybe that maybe that's on Botterill, but maybe that's also on Phil. Maybe neither of them really wanted to call anybody up. Maybe they both thought that this roster was good enough to get it done. Another thing that I I actually fault Botterill for is trading away a first-round pick and Brendan Gooley for Brandon Montour. Now, Brandon Montour is a nice piece, a decent player, but as we've seen time and again, we have too many offensive defensemen. And I don't think, obviously, that Brendan Gooley is going to be that defensive guru that you would need back there. But you basically shipped away somebody who is going to be a Brendan Montour in a year or two and a first-round pick to get a Brandon Montour here one year earlier. I didn't really like that trade too much, again, because Brendan Gooley and Brandon Montour are essentially the same player. And not only that, it's thing about Brandon Montour, his weaknesses, from what I heard, are his defense. You can't bring guys to Buffalo that are struggling on defense when a team is already struggling on the defensive side. Now, I know that the Sabres were also struggling on the offensive side, and that is, again, where I fault Jason Bauderill. He had the opportunity, I believe, to go out and possibly make a trade and try to get this team to a point where they could start winning games again and start keeping themselves in that playoff race. After the 10-game win streak, it was all gravy. The chances of the Sabres not making the playoffs was very slim. In fact, everyone kind of thought it was a lock that the Sabres were going to at least make the playoffs. They would say, barring a monumental collapse, that the Sabres were going to be in it. Lo and behold, we sit here in April after this monumental collapse, having missed the playoffs for an eighth straight year. I don't know what it's going to take to get the Sabres to go back and be able to compete and get into the playoffs. But I do know that I don't think Phil Housley is going or should be the guy behind the bench. I am willing to give Jason Botterill another year to see if he can orchestrate something to make this team better. They have some good pieces. They have Jack Eichel. They have Sam Reinhart. They have Rasmus Dahlin. They have some good pieces here. They have some decent bottom six guys also. They have Evan Rodriguez and guys like that. But Jason Botterill has got a lot of work to do in the offseason. This team is nowhere near good enough to compete. On that note, I'm going to wrap up this segment. In the next segment, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my thoughts about Coach Nate Oates leaving and him bringing one of his assistants that was up for the UB head coaching job with him now that I've had some time to process it a little bit more. And I'll also talk to you about some of the potential candidates for the UB Bulls head coaching job. Stick around. Welcome to segment number two of Sports Talk Buffalo. I want to start this segment off by going over my thoughts and feelings about Nate Oates leaving. Now, the entirety of the time that Nate Oates has been in Buffalo, he has been a straight shooter. He hasn't seemed like he's lied to the media at any point, and he's been very straightforward. So when Nate Oates said he wanted to stay at UB and build this thing up 
and possibly be the next Gonzaga. People in Buffalo really took to that. They really clung to that. Obviously, we can't cling to the Sabres. Obviously, we can't really cling to the Bills. They haven't had a 10-win season since 1999. So we're really yearning for a good team in the city of Buffalo. And that's what we had with Nate Oates and the UB Bulls. Now, Nate Oates caught a lot of flack for leaving the program the way he did. And honestly, I was very upset myself when Nate Oates left. I vented to uh, one of my friends constantly about the situation. I'm sure he got tired of texting me. But as a fan, I felt like most other fans probably felt And that's that I was lied to. Now, I never really expected Nate Oates to stay, maybe even as long as he did. But when he kept saying he wanted to build this thing up and that it would take the perfect job for him to leave Buffalo and go to, you know, we really started to believe that, especially after him being the head coach for four years. The fact that he left for Alabama puts a real sour taste in a lot of people's mouths because when you think about college basketball, you don't think about the Alabama Crimson Tide as any sort of power program. I think in Buffalo, what we wanted from Nate Oates was the truth. And if he said, I'm waiting for somebody to offer me an ungodly amount of money to come and coach, that's and and that's what I'm going to take. That's what I'm going to leave Buffalo for. He should have just came out and said that. Like I said in the last podcast, his base salary would have been, I believe, $837,000, which isn't chump change. It would have made him the highest paid coach in the Mid-American Conference. And with his incentives in Buffalo, he would have had a chance to be up around the $1 million mark. That does not hold a candle to what Alabama offered Nate Oates. And that's pretty much why he left. Nate Oates' base salary, his base salary, is going to be $2.4 million starting in Alabama. Now, I talked about him in my last podcast, an assistant for Nate Oates and Brian Hodgson, who said that he was very interested in the job of head coach at Buffalo. It appears now based on all the sources and things like that, that Brian Hodgson is out. He has changed his Twitter uh, profile around to say and signify that he is going to Alabama with Coach Nate Oates. Now, I, before I did a little bit of research, thought that that might be the UB Bulls' best chance to keep this ball rolling. As Brian Hodgson was a recruiting guru, and he is the one who recruited all four signees this year and seven of the eight returning players next year. So I did a little digging and I found obviously a little bit about, found out a little bit about the potential candidates that Buffalo has interviewed or has interest in so far. The first candidate is Turner Battle. He was the former Mac player of the year in 2005 His senior year, they won 23 games for the UB Bulls. He was the point guard. His coaching career, he was an assistant coach at UB from 2007 to 2013. He was an assistant coach at Chattanooga 
from 13 to 14. He was an, and he was an assistant coach at UAB from 14 until present. Now, Turner Battle is obviously a very good player, but I just don't know if he's got the recruiting skill and the name to be able to bring the players in that Nate Oates was able to bring here and Brian Hodgson was able to bring here in Buffalo. I don't know if he has the enough pedigree to keep the players that have already signed in Buffalo uh, committed to here. On the plus side, he is a younger guy, so he might be able to connect with some of these younger guys and be able to tell them and show them what he wants to be all about and what he wants to bring to the University at Buffalo as the head coach. Another potential candidate for the head coaching job at UB is Chris Caputo. He's the associate head coach at Miami University right now, and his resume includes helping Miami U to four NCAA appearances, including two Sweet 16s, one ACC regular season title, and one ACC tournament title. His main job at Miami was recruiting. He helped secure back-to-back top 15 recruiting classes in 2015 and 2016. So when you talk about being able to bring good, young, uh, talented guys, three high three and low four-star recruits into Buffalo to keep this thing going, Chris Caputo might be the guy that you want to look to hire. He seems like he has a very good pedigree as to being able to bring in the young, talented kids. A third guy being reported of UB having interest in is Carlin Hartman. Now, he is from the Western New York area. He did uh, grow up on Grand Island and did graduate from Grand Island Senior High School. He had a pretty decent playing career. He played college at Tulane. And his coaching career, he had a lengthy coaching career, which includes being an assistant at Richmond 05 to 08, being an assistant at James Madison 09 to 10, being the associate head coach at Rice from 14 to 16, being an assistant coach at Oklahoma from 16 until the present. Now, if you go and you look up Oklahoma's program, you notice that they have a very, very solid basketball program. They're in a Power 5 conference. So he knows how to get the good kids to come to his program, and he knows how to win and how to face top talent. He might be another candidate to take UB to an even higher level than potentially Nate Oates did. And the fourth guy that uh, the Bulls may be interested in is an assistant coach already at UB. He has been named the interim head coach uh, after Nate Oates resigned as the head coach, is Jim Weitzel. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Jim Weitzel. He's been coaching at Division One, Two, and Three in basketball since 1982. Some of his notable coaching jobs include head coach at Loyola, Chicago, and he amassed a 109 and 106 record as their head coach. He was an assistant head coach or an assistant at St. Louis from 11 to 13. He was an assistant at St. John's from 13 to 15, and he was an associate head coach 
at UB from 15 until the present. Something notable about James Witzel is that he helped recruit C.J. Massenburg. And as you know, C.J. Massenburg uh, took this program to a height which it has never seen before. He is second all-time in max scoring. He is first in points scored um, in a season at UB. And he is an honorable mention for All-American in the NCAA. Now, if you ask me, just based on the things that I researched and the pedigrees that they all have, personally, I might go for Chris Caputo, and that's simply off the back of his recruiting prowess. It is said that he's a very, very good recruiter, and like I said, I want though I want those kids who are high major or potentially even possibly power five talents to come to Buffalo. I think that he can show them and sell them the things that Nate Oates and Brian Hodgson were able to sell the kids in order to come to UB. On that note, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Let me know what you think about this podcast and any of the other 11 podcasts that I have. You can hit me up on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. You guys have a good week.